It's Corinne, and I am currently reading Made for You by Melissa Marr. I am on page 21, and the book just keeps getting better and better. As of right now, the main character, Ava, was just hit by a car and is now in the hospital. When she wakes up for the first time, she remembers having a vision of an old lady who had a heart attack and a boy who was trying to save her. She doesn't know why she has these visions or what even happened to her, so her friend explains to her and she's just shocked that she was even hit by a car. She is very injured, she has a broken leg and ribs, and took a head injury. With her head injury, I think that's where the visions came from. I'm not for sure yet, but I hope to read on and figure out what happened to her during the car crash. Hey, Miss Walkman, it's your favorite student, DR. I hope your drive to school this morning is great. I'm still reading Diary Will Be Kid. So he was writing in his diary, and he got caught by a bully, and the bully took his diary and is now going to tell the whole school. Hello, it is Kay here with the book King of the Screw-Ups. I am now on Chapter 30. And I'm going to be talking about the new tone or word choice. It is now kind of serious and determined, mixed with some sad points. And another one I'm going to be talking about is character development. Now, not a lot has happened, you know, kind of extravagant, but... He was known as a popular kid and is now trying to not be like that. Trying to fit in with the so-called nerds or outcasts. Fixing his appearance, how he walks, how he talks. He's joining new clubs to seem smarter than he actually is. And now this also leads to foreshadowing because there's always things thrown in there with oh I can't mess this up I can't screw this up everything's going to be okay I'm going to get to this point and you'd never see really significance of him actually going to do it or getting there but I haven't made it that far so we will see this has been Kat and goodbye have a good day Hi, it's your boy Caden. I've been reading Football Hero. <laughs> it's about this kid whose parents got killed in a car accident. Goes to his uncle's house. His uncle makes him go to the bathroom in a porta potty out in the woods. Won't let him go to the porta potty in the ha- or the bathroom in the house. Uncle's part of a gang, or well, I guess the mafia. His brother gets drafted third overall to the New York Jets as a receiver. And he gets information for a fake fantasy league where it's actually just betting. And then he gets in trouble. And they talk to the gang. And the FBI gets involved. And then they do all this stuff. And then this dude finds out that it was all fake. And he's going to go hurt Ty's brother, Tiger. And he's going to take out his knees. But then, when they're in the mall, Ty runs up and hits him. And he gets arrested. 
and then Ty goes to live with his brother. And as part of the victim or uh, protective service agency, they move his uncle and aunt and his cousin. And then Ty goes to live with Tiger. And that's pretty much it. Oh, and Ty had a really good football game. Did it turn? It turned off. It's still recording. Uh oh. Hey, Miss Walkman, it's your favorite student, DR. I hope your drive to school this morning is great. I'm still reading Diary Wimpy Kid. So he was writing in his diary, and he got caught by a bully, and the bully took his diary and is now going to tell the whole school. Hey, it's Jerome here talking about Genesis chapter 1. It's about the creation of earth, light, humanity, the creatures, and the sea, on how he did it. And on the seventh day, he rested. Now, Genesis chapter 3 is the story of creation. See you next time.
Okay, so I just finished a book. It was a spinoff from the book that I had just read about the girl with the abusive mother. And the spinoff is about the boys' version when they meet the Sang, the main character. Um, it shows them what they thought. And the common theme of what they thought when they first saw her seems to be that she has this really haunted look and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. So that seems to be what's happening a bunch. So... Um, I'm on, like, the third one, because, like, one of them is Coda, one's Victor, then I'm on now, I'm on Silas. They're only about an hour long, so I finished about 200 pages of them. Um, they're by the same author, C.L. Stone, and there's only, like, six of them, so I'll probably finish it pretty soon. Thanks. Hello, Ms. Boffman, this is Taylor H. in First Hour English, and today I'm going to be summarizing chapters three through four of Cast McBride by Gil, or Gail Gil, Gills, Gates, whatever her last name is. Um, so let's go. So Cass found herself in a dark place and she doesn't really know where she's at. Uh, she thought that she was dreaming, but she's actually awake. So 
um, she's down in the dark and she starts screaming at the top of her lungs and then starts banging on the door. And then her father opens the door and sees like glass all over the floor. And he told the police that he didn't touch the glass, like, at all. And it turns out that Ben broke through the glass. Like, he punched out the window. And that's all I've gotten to so far. I will do my next podcast next week. Hey, Ms. Baltimore, it's Blake. I'm reading The Heat by Mike Lupka and I'm on I just read 10 through 20 and Michael meets his brother well they talk about Michael's brother Carlos and how he's taking care of him at home and how they're going to go watch a game someday then he gets Michael gets uh, rem- starts remembering his dad and he starts feeling sad then they go practice Michael and his friends go practice and then they start talking about how he hit that guy in the back of the head and center and that is it Bachman, how's it going? It's Carly back and showing everything, everything. And I'm on page 52. And basically, they've been talking over the phone, emailing each other. And Ollie is asking her if they can get together, but she can't because she's sick. And so she's trying to explain to him about that. And that's as far as I got. So. Yo, it's your boy Phil. I'm back at it again with a podcast, and um, I am reading *The Shining* by Stephen King. I am on page 402. It is going great. Um, the plot: We are uh, following our main character, Jack Torrance, just now coming out of room 217, which you're not supposed to go into, but you know he decided to go in there anyway because his son went in there. And he got some scary marks on his neck. And uh, so he thought he should probably go and check it out. And he saw a scary lady in the bathtub. And now he ran out and he's scared. But he thought he was just a hallucination. In which it definitely was not. And, uh, well, now uh, we got the author choices. Stephen King, you know, he's a pretty good and well-respected author. He's making some great choices here. I am really digging the way that this book is going, you know, like the direction. Definitely a very good direction it's going in. I'm excited for the future of the plot. And, uh, yeah, that's just about it. I'll see you next time. It's your boy, Phil, and I'm out. Hey, Miss Boffman. I'm still reading the first Diary of a Wimpy Kid book, and this week I read the part where Roderick pulls a prank on Greg, where he wakes him up in the middle of the night and pretends like Greg's late for his first day of school, and 
Greg wakes up his dad and he tries to get Roderick in trouble, but he gets away with it. And then now Greg's parents just think he's crazy. Hello. So this week I'm going to be talking about the book, The Secret Tree. It's by Natalie Staniford. I already read this one before. Um, this is my third or fourth time reading it but I really like this book like every single time every year like when I have to read books like when I choose to read books like this make it sound fun so whenever I read books for a class I always choose this book I love it so much it's about mystery and thrill and it's it's really good so right now I am on chapter four, and Minty is like this girl who, she's the protagonist, and she, I don't know, I feel like I can really relate to her. She is starting high school, and she has her best friend, Paz, but, I don't know, Paz has always been distant, but she just, I don't know, she's kind of nervous for that, and I just remember, like, like, when I was reading this before, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous for high school. And I'm like, I mean, I have so many friends, but, like, I was always so worried about the my relationship with them and everything. And that's why I feel like I can relate to Minty. But, so Minty and Paz are really into the roller derby. And it's, it's like roller skating, but, like, on teams. And when you do, like, like, you do kind of, like, tricks and stuff. It's, so they're, I don't know, they're really into it. And, um... So one day they were outside roller, roller skating, rollerblading, whatever, and they were doing their little moves and everything for the, it's this parade that the town already, always does, and they were going to rollerblade for it, and so they were really excited for it. So they were outside practicing, and they see this, like, thing, like, running through the woods, and Minty was, like, starts freaking out, and Pat's like, what, what? And, um... So Minty just like gets up and like follows it, runs after it. She doesn't know what it is, but like she's so brave. Like who would do that if you just saw something running through the woods? Like who would go like run after it? No one. So that's why it's really cool. But so she runs after it and she doesn't like she doesn't catch up with it. I guess it gets away, whatever it is. But she thinks it's like a little person, like a little boy maybe. But she just, and passing, she's crazy, of course, but anyway, so she's, like, running after it. And so she loses it. She's like, ha, ah, dang it. I lost him. She accepts her defeat. And she walks, um, she's walking back, and she sees, she hears this, like, it's like a, it's like a hollow voice, kind of like a whisper and she hears it coming from this tree right back she figures out it's a tree so she goes up to the tree and she sees it has a ginormous hole in it and so she like looks in it and she can see something white in the bottom she goes what is that like why is there like something white in this tree anyway she reaches her hand out and she pulls out a note and um the note says no one likes me except my goldfish that's what it says so she, she um hears her mom calling for her so she hurries up and she grabs up tucks in her pants and then runs off to her house 
and really that's as far as I got so join me next week to see up see what happens with Mickey in the secret tree hence the title and so just join me to see what happens thanks for listening bye now I'm Emma and I'm reading keeping the moon by Sarah Dessen and I'm on page 10 of the book so far, the book is about this girl and her mom who weren't the smallest people in the world. And they travel from, like, a bunch of different states and go all over the place and live in their car. And then the girl's mom accidentally backed into somebody's car and couldn't afford to pay for it. And that person just happened to own a fitness center. So the girl's mom went and started working in the fitness center and got super famous because she was such so good with her customers and they ended up with this whole big kiki thing as a brand and now the girl is getting sent to her aunt's house for the summer because her mom has a bunch to do with work hello this book is called the princess saves herself in this one by amanda lovelace i think this might be a true story about the author but i'm not sure anyways the book is about how a girl lives with her mother but her mother isn't the nicest person in the world. But later on in the story, her mother dies of cancer. It's a little bit of a sad book, but like most stories, it has a happy ending. Hey, what's up? It's me, Ness, and I'm back with another podcast. This one's about Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, which is book two of the Harry Potter series. I am currently on chapter two, titled Dobby's Warning. In chapter one, Harry Potter's family, the Dursleys that he's living with right now on summer break, is having a huge dinner party that is very important because it is, Mr. Dursley is trying to close this business deal with these people, like for drills. Which doesn't seem very important to me, but whatever. But Harry Potter's main job during this dinner party is to stay in his room, not make any noise, and not cause any disturbances with the dinner party because it is such a big deal for the Dursleys. So everything's been going great. They're halfway through, and all of a sudden, this little house elf pops up in Harry Potter's Harry Potter's bedroom, which is like that. Like, Harry Potter didn't have any warning. It was just there. So, this house elf has these huge bat-like ears, and his eyes are like the size of tennis balls. And he's this short little dude. But the house elf, house elf introduces himself as Harry as, I'm sorry, excuse me, as Dobby. So Dobby the house elf is now in Harry Potter's room and Harry Potter is so confused because he has never met this thing in his life and he knows, like Dobby knows Harry Potter's name. And he is just so ecstatic to be in the presence of Harry Potter, the great wizard. But Harry Potter, not really knowing anything about house elves, like, invites him to sit down next to him and, like, have a conversation with him because Dobby said he needed to tell him something important. So, at that, 
Dobby just completely loses his mind. Like, he just starts bawling because he has never been talked to in such a polite manner from any wizard ever because house elves are always like looked down on as like little servants so his masters don't treat him very good and they I guess they just kind of abuse him but he is just blown away that Harry Potter could be so kind to a house elf and he just starts crying and Harry Potter of course having to be wanting to be quiet for the dinner party is like okay okay calm down calm down it's all good and he didn't mean to he says he didn't mean to offend him but Dobby's like you didn't offend me so it goes on that Dobby is telling Harry Potter that he cannot go back to Hogwarts like he if he goes back like it's gonna be bad like he's gonna die and Dobby's saying, you cannot go back to Hogwarts. It is bad. I'm, I have to stop you. Like, I'm not going to allow you to go back to Hogwarts. So Harry's like, what? What's going on? I, why can't I go back to Hogwarts? Like, obviously, I'm not going to listen to you, for one, because Hogwarts is my home. It's the only place I have friends. And Dobby says, well, you have to. The Dark Lord's coming back. He's going to kill you. Like, he's just, it's not going to be good. So he cannot go. And so Harry Potter's super confused. Well, throughout all this, well, anyway, Harry Potter's just super confused. He's like, no, I'm not going to promise that I'm not going to go back to Hogwarts. So uh, Dobby gets mad. So he's, he knows that Harry Potter cannot use magic as an underage wizard. So he goes downstairs Harry Potter follows him, which Harry Potter's not supposed to be out of his room, so he's already breaking one rule. That's a Dursley's F set for him for tonight. So they go downstairs, and Harry Potter finds Dobby in the kitchen, and he is making this huge pudding, like, cake thing float, like, with magic. And he is, like, floating it around the kitchen, and Harry Potter's like, no, Dobby, don't do this. Don't drop the cake, because it'll get everywhere. It'll make a big noise. It'll make a big disturbance. And then it'll get Harry Potter in trouble with the Dursleys. And then they won't let him go back to Hogwarts ever again. And Dobby knows this. So he's like, you, all you have to do is promise that you will not go back to Hogwarts. But, of course, Harry Potter says no. And Dobby drops the cake. Like, pudding everywhere it is not a good thing and the dursleys go off on him but they somehow cover it up with him just being a troubled their troubled cousin that they live with and i don't think mr dursley gets the deal but we'll find out in the later chapters thanks for listening and again it's me ness Hi, I'm Michael. Right now, I am reading The Book Hunger by Michael Grant. I'm 12 pages in, and so far, something called the phase has occurred, which has led to a shortage of food. So Sam and his friends start farming crops, and when they were out picking cabbage, Easy, one of Sam's friends, tried to pull the cabbage up, and then suddenly a bunch of worms 
broke through the ground and ate through his entire body. So Sam dragged his body parts back and put his hands over it, and using a secret superpower he has, he dissolved the remaining body parts. Hey, Miss Wolfman, it's Rachel back with another podcast. And in case you forgot, I'm reading Diary of a Movie Kid Dog Days. And in the book, the mom is having a house meeting. In the house meeting, she's discussing how the family is tight on money, so there will be no vacation to the beach this summer. Greg was actually really looking forward to the be- to the vacation. Not because he likes the beach, because he was finally tall enough to ride a ride on the beach. And that's all that I've read, and the rest is boring stuff, so you don't want to listen to that. Hello, Miss Boffman. Um, so I'm on page 64 of Serendipity and Me, and she is still convincing her father to get her to get the cat, but he's still thinking and giving her reasons why she can't, and she keeps on begging and begging, but it's still not happening. So, yep, that's it. Hello, this is Sophie, and I am currently reading Charlie Bone in the Castle of Mirrors. Right now, I'm on page 45, and not much has happened so far. What has happened is Ezekiel Bloor has tried to make a dead person come back alive in his laboratory but failed and only released the ghost of his horse and all the endowed children can feel as a, like a presence that the horse is there but nobody else can the horse is in the ruins of the castle at the moment and Charlie is trying to figure out why it's there and how it got there. Hi, Miss Hi, Boffin, and we are back with a, another reading from The Land of Stories, Worlds Collide. I am 51 pages into the book, and from the other books in the series, they brought characters from other books into this story where they're trying to find Alex from disappearing from the last time we talked and they don't know what to do they don't know how to find her and they really can't go anywhere because they're not used to with our world surroundings and all of the policemen the firemen the um really important officers they're all surrounding the New York City so they have no idea where to go so they have to be cooped up in the hospital where they last found Alex. Um, They just don't know what to do, but if we come back next week, we shall figure out what they do to help find her. Bye! It's Tammy, and I'm going to be talking about Bottling the Tree by Robin Benway. Grace is a high school student who has just given her own child up for adoption. Maya is a 15-year-old girl who just wants her parents to stop fighting. 
Joaquin is going from foster home to foster home. They all find out they have the same birth mother and try and find her. They conquer their fears, share their hearts, and trust each other enough to become a family. In my book, there is a high school that is getting a new principal. And the school board meeting gets together and makes an announcement that this man called Moldinger is going to be the new principal. And some of the students are afraid because he's making some changes. And some of the changes are turning the library into a weight room. And also, all seniors have to play a sport throughout the year, and they can't quit. And some of the kids are not all that athletic, so they're kind of afraid. Okay, this is Chase Kramer, and I'm reading Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone by J.K. Rowling. I've only read a couple more pages, because I got... And he starts getting, like, a lot of letters for, like, a school, and he never gets any letters, so it's probably going to be something important, but I'm going to have to see what it is. Hello, guys. Ranger Vic is back, and today we're going to keep talking about Betrayal by Makia Hashimoto. I'm about halfway through, so let's get started. Toby... Our main character gets lost in a storm. And then he meets two new characters, Denver and Zine. Denver has a brother that got in an accident with his eye. And he ran away from home. And Toby had an accident with his best friend, Lucas. And Lucas ended up dying. So along the way, Denver has this guilt and so does Toby. Denver decides that he can't stand it and he thinks about jumping off some rocks along the way. But then Toby tells him the story about Lucas and they become closer friends. What's up? Detective Lydia here, reading the book One of Us is Lying on page 72 out of 358 pages. Last week we talked about Simon Cullohair's death with peanut oil in the detention room. I do not know who the murderer is yet, but I have a theory. But first I need to talk about the rising action. So the rising action this week is expanded with the emails that have been sent out to various students and the students have kind of shared them with like the whole school and the police. And the emails are kind of an outline of what the murderer did to kill Simon. So that's a little creepy. And um, the character development for this week, I think Addie is looking more and more like a prime suspect because we found out she first lied to the detectives about being in the nurse's office. And then later she went on to say that she was in the nurse's office. And as we all know, FP pens are kept in the nurse's office, and that is what is needed to stop this allergic reaction Simon is having. But it also kind of points out Cooper. 
in this part where the author italicized where it says big jumps in a short amount of time. Now, in this part of the book, they're talking about Cooper's athletic skills in baseball and how he went from pitching 83 miles per hour to 95 miles per hour. And it's talking about how it's such a big jump in only a couple of months. Like, normally that would take years to to get down. So this kind of... This kind of uh, makes me foreshadow that I think that Simon is on some kind of pill such as steroids to help him boost up his strength. Um, another foreshadow I have is my new theory is that all four witnesses, Cooper, Nate, Bronwyn, and Addie, all four of them I think are suspects or the murderers basically. Because I don't think this is a one-person crime. There's too many elements to, for it to be a one-person crime. And the author just keeps making me believe stuff, I think. Like, her tone and the way she italicizes every, like, suspicious line. Like, for example, for Addie, she said... Let me find it. She said, I can't. I'm too afraid. It's all going to be ruined. That's... That's... It's... That's... It's already ruined. And in this part, she's talking about Addie's enjoyment of life. And this is like Addie's thoughts, kind of. And this kind of makes me think, like, how is it ruined? Maybe she killed Simon. But I think the author's just wanting you to believe that, which kind of leads into her tone of mysterious and the, and the theme of suspicion and stuff. So, if you're looking for a great book where you think or imagine that you could be a detective... Try to Solve the Mystery of One of Us is Lying by Karen M. McManus. Hello, it's Dirt161, and I'm reading Purple Heart. I am 10 pages into the book. So what happens, Matt wakes up and sees a person talking to the person on the bed next to him. He tries to get the person's attention, but he couldn't seem to talk. So what happens, a few minutes later, person comes over to him, and person is a priest. So the priest comes over and gives him the sign cross and everything, and then he gives him a cup of water. But the cup of water wasn't very good, it was stale. Matt so then Matt asked the father what was wrong with him so he went to the front of the bed and on the clip chart it told him what was wrong with him and it said TBI traumatic brain injury which stood out to Matt he got all freaked out again and the priest told him it will all be fine he'll he'll get good again and he will be able to get back on the field once he heals up. And that's all we got. Hey guys, it's Raisin, aka Raven. So, last week I finished the book To Get You Killer. And this week I read To Right the Wrongs. It's about a girl who has an uncle 
and she's trying to figure out if her uncle is maybe her father, and her aunt, who took over her whenever her mother passed away, is getting married, and then she's trying to figure out, so, so at the beginning, it's where there's a skateboarder named Liam, and he finds out that there's some person that's trying to kill him because of, I don't know, it didn't really state that, but, um, so they're trying to go after each other and find out who this killer is of Journey's dad, which is in jail, and they're trying to get him out, and Journey is Aaron's boyfriend, who is the main character. Hey, Ms. Boffman, it is your favorite 8th hour student, Jackson, and I'm back with another podcast about Scorpion Mountain. So right now, after Hal and the Sherman were talking about how Hal's uh, crew is basically doomed without him, the, the Sherman's 50 men or so went and attacked Hal's crew, but they were ready for it and were able to drive him back. While back with Hal and the Sherman, the well, Hal had to try and kill the Shermold eyes so the Shermold couldn't hurt the Arlon princess anymore. And so the friend of Hal, he's there called a ranger. So as though this one is pretty good with his bow. And well he's pretty good with his bow and his sword. So anyways, so he takes his sword he is gonna fight the Shermold in a battle combat because the Shermold doesn't, you know, think of him too much. He thinks you know, he's pretty good since he's all strong and stuff. Well, anyways, so, the, guy, the ranger's name is Gillen, and he goes on to fight the Shermel. He wins the battle, and right now, he has just told that the new leader that they, he can either let them walk, or he can at least, or he'll kill him right there with his bow. So, after that, the new leader let him walk, and then that's where I ended it, so see you next week. Hello, my name is Jonathan, and I'll be reading you more about the trials of Apollo. Um, so how far I've gotten from the last time. Apollo and Meg McCaffrey are going to find, try and find Percy Jackson. On the way, Meg sees these silver blobs, which... Per, which Apollo thinks may be bad. Um, whenever they, when they find Percy Jackson, Percy isn't too happy to help them. But he's going to because of all the things Apollo has taught him. When, when Apollo enters Percy's house, he see, for the first time he sees his, he sees Percy's mother. Apollo was transfixed by Percy's mom and uh thought that she was hurt because she had she was pregnant. But that's all that's how far I've gotten from the last time I've read from the last podcast. Um, thank you. Hey Miss Boffman, it's Megan. And this week I read a book called Goodbye Days by Jeff Setzer or something. I read the page like 200 or something. 
And so in the book, it's about this kid Carver. He texted his friends while they were, like one of them was driving. He texted the one who was driving. And when he looked at the phone and started texting back, they wrecked the car. The people in it die. And um, well, a couple people blame Carver for their deaths. And there's like not that many people who want to be his friend. But this one person, his old friend's girlfriend, talks to him and she's real nice and stuff. But he kind of feels guilty for talking to her because it's like it's his old friend, girlfriend, and now he's dead and now he's talking to it. And he kind of feels bad. And he's having these panic attacks. And he had to go to like the hospital. And, but then it's the first day of school and he has one. So he had to go to a therapist and then take some medicine for the panic attacks. And there's also this, um, one of the kids who died, their dad was like a judge. And so now he's like suing Carver, trying to make him all guilty and stuff. And he wants him to go to jail. So there's like a Facebook page started up for people who want him to go to jail for it. And he feels really bad about it. Like he's like, his life is ruined. And nothing is just working out for him. Like he's just real sad. And that's kind of where I'm at in the book right now. I'm going to keep reading, see what happens. Hopefully something good. Cause hey, it's Kelsey. I'm reading the book Burning Blue. I'm about 25 pages into this book and it's pretty good it's about a girl who's really pretty and rich and some people think she's like mean but she's really nice but like those people haven't talked to her before they just assume it from what she looks like and how she acts but she this part of the book that I'm in right now it's from the hacker's perspective because there's a hacker in this book um he does a lot of like hacking into people's private information and figuring out stuff and exposing them but he's just talking about in the book how he um has seen her before um like she had a seizure in front of the whole entire school at a wrestling match and how she has a few seizures every now and then so it turns out that she is she's got like epilepsy i think it said and they like she's just healing right now they say that um some there's another few more perspectives in the part i'm reading about classmates saying what she looks like and how she looks so bad and she's covering her face and all that and that's about it see you next time I'm back with another podcast about the Bat Boy. Now David, the one that did not think he was going to go very far in baseball, is having a flashback to when he was a kid, whenever his dad told him that he was not going to be very good, and told him he should try a different sport. And now that the Tigers were going to draft him, he did not think that he was going to make it into the major leagues the day of the draft. So he was about not to enter the draft, But then his dad finally told him to because he had improved in baseball a lot. 
so the day of the draft, they drafted him. And a few weeks after that, he was in the minor leagues. And he struck out every time he was at bat. So then his dad encouraged him to keep trying harder. And that's all I read. Hi, this is Rose. This time, the book I read was called A Dog's Purpose, and it's by Bruce Cameron. It's told from the point of view of a dog, and it was a really good book. The dog, whose name is Bailey, does his best to protect and make his owner happy. He tries to find his purpose in life, but every time he thinks he's figured it out, something comes up and he thinks otherwise. Like I said before, it's a really good book, so if you ever see it in the library, be sure to check it out. Hello, welcome back to Tater's Podcast. I have not finished the seasons yet, so I'm going to go over the 50 pages I did read. I have read a total of 192 pages out of the 342-page book. As you should already know about from my last podcast, the daughter of a Dutch and Duchess, Alexandria, has come to the age to be married off. So a rebellious type girl is being put into all the season's festives and balls by her parents. So many men, or should I say boys, are all in to catch Alex's and her two friends' eyes, Vivi and Ella. None of them have really any interest in marriage until Alex grows feelings for her family friend. Blackmore has been like a fourth brother to her for years. But now she has these feelings that she feels for no other men. Now poor Blackmore's house has been robbed while he was chaperoning Alex to a ball. So he's spending the night and next morning at Alex's home. Perhaps they will grow closer with their relationship and come to their terms with their feelings. I think the author has done a great job of keeping me interested by the romantic theme, and maybe you'll like it as well. Check it out. Until next time, good day. Hey guys, welcome back to another book talk with your girl Natters. We're talking about the same book, The Last Song. Now, where I left off last time is Ronnie was at the boardwalk and she was on her way back home. So, next chapter went on to Will, who was just now getting done with his volleyball game at the beach. And let's. He is having a hard time trying to stop thinking thinking about Ronnie because he felt like he had a connection with her but he's talking to his best friend Scott who was his teammate at the volleyball game about her and Scott it it does a flashback in the book about something that Scott does at a church and someone took someone else took the blame for it and somehow the church burnt down 
but someone else took the blame for Scott. I have no idea who the someone else is yet, but someone else took the blame for Scott, and I guess Will is trying to get Scott to confess that it was actually him, but Will's kind of got his mindset on Ronnie right now, so he is trying to get the truth from Scott, so then Will doesn't have to have that guilt on his conscience anymore. And that's basically right where I'm at. There is... Oh, so Will and this one girl that Will used to date went to one of the boardwalk games and they started to play one of the games. It was a basketball shooting game. And if Will made three, he could just do it for free without any tickets or anything to pay for it. So he does one for one, two for two, and then he gets three for three. And he gets this giant teddy bear. And the girl he went over to there to the game with, her name was Julie, she was like, can I have your teddy bear? And he's like, only if you want it. And she's like, well, only if you want me to have it. And so... That's kind of where I left off. I will talk to you next time with Book Talk with Matters. Peace out. Hey guys, I'm reading Heat by Mike Lupica. I read pages 15 to 25. And it talks about all of um, Michael's teammates and what positions they play and like about them and who they are. And then it talks about how they played a played a pickup game. And towards the end of the game, Michael went in to pitch and he saw this one girl looking at him, staring at him from the side of the field. And then he turned around and struck the batter out and he turned back around and she was laughing at him. Hey guys, what up? G-Man here with chapter 2 of Brian's Winter. So, he's waking up to all these warm days and he's starting to enjoy being out there more, gathering wood and everything. He's waking up to birds singing. And then one day he wakes up and there's just two wolves wandering around outside of his camp. So he goes out and to mark their ter- they mark their territory, the wolves do, on a stump at his camp. But for some reason, Brian thinks that it's his territory, so he pees over where they peed. 
to mark his territory. And then the next day they come back and know that it's his territory, so they run off. And then he wakes up another morning, and there is a bear outside of his shelter. He wakes up because it's knocking a pan against a rock. And then he decides to kick it for some reason, so he kicks it. And it gets mad and hits him, and he flies like 20 feet across his camp. And then the bear smells the guts of the animals he cleans and tracks him down and goes to the pond where he throws the guts. So the bear eats the guts there and just walks off. And then Brian figures out that he's not hurt, just some scratches, and goes back to sleep. And that's chapter two. What's up? I'm back, week two, with another report. So the name of my book is Upside Down in the Middle of Nowhere. I read chapters one and a little bit of chapter two. And chapter one was about Armani's little sister getting bullied on the bus. They took her journal, like with all of her personal, like she she has sayings in there. And she puts those in there and the popular kids in the back took it so Armani had to go back there and get it and her cousin was one of them that took it so it was kind of rude of her and then they get they get Armani gets the journal and she stands up to her cousin and her cousin like shyly backs off that's it for podcast two see you next week Hey, it's Haley reading the books Chronicles of Narnia. And once there were four children whose names were Peter, Susan, Edmund, and Lucy. They got sent away to an old professor's house in the country all because of the war. The old professor had a very big house, so he had three servants because he didn't really want to clean his house, I guess. And so the three kids decided they were going to go on an adventure and they came to a wardrobe that had a bunch of coats in it and Lucy was in love with the coats so she walked further into the wardrobe and found another row of coats and then all of a sudden she touched something that didn't feel like a coat no more and then all of a sudden she is outside and she walked out and she ended up next to a lamp so yeah Alright, I'm going to tell you about the book, the rest of the book of Tracker. So, he went out in the wilderness, and he found, he found a dog that was hurt really bad. He healed it, or got it back to full health, and then now that dog is helping him get through the that time that he will be alone in the wilderness trying to survive. Once he gets back, he becomes famous and everybody wants to know more about it and he doesn't really want to tell everybody. So, yep, bye-bye.
Hi, Miss Boffman. This is Aaron. The title of my book is called A List of Cages. Um, I'm on page 101. Since the last podcast we made, Adam has invited Julian with him to go to a concert with him and his friends. Um, Julian felt really out of place and uncomfortable with them because they're really popular and he's the kid that just is, does his own thing and he's pushed out all the time. Um, the night that Adam invited Julian, Julian went to Adam's house. Well, Adam's family, him and his mom, um, fostered Julian for a while after his parents died. And this is the first time that Adam's mom had seen Julian since he was, like, adopted by his uncle slash, like, godfather. So it was kind of, like, a sentimental moment for her. And Julian kind of missed her comforting ways, and she made sure that he knew that he was welcome there anytime. And that's all right now, but see you, Miss Boffman. Alexis, Nick, and Ruby come from very different backgrounds. Alexis has spent her life covering for her mom's mental illness. Nick hides his fear of not being good enough, and Ruby just wants to pursue her passion in the world. The three teens meet when they go to Portland Country Search and Rescue. On their first mission, they are teamed up to locate an autistic man lost in the woods. What they discover isn't the man, but a dead girl. In a friendship that will be forged in danger, fear, and courage, the three work together to find the girl's killer. Hi, I'm Angel, and I'm reading Charlotte's Web by E.B. White. I am at page 62. I just read about how Charlotte is writing words in her web to describe Wilbur. Soon, everyone knows about this wonderful sight. Wilbur tries to tell Fern and everyone else that his friend Charlotte is the one who is writing those words, but no one understands him. Hi, it's Emma. My book is Time Between Us by Tamara Ireland Stone. When Anna saw a guy disappear during her morning run, she wanted to know who and how. When the guy shows up at her school the next day, she gets her chance. They start talking, and he finally shows her how he did it. She and Bennett must work together to figure out how to fix the things Bennett's power has broken. Hey, it's Sarah, and I am reading the book called You Are the Everything by Karen Rivers. I am 170 pages into this book, and so far the main character, Elise, went on a class trip to Paris and decides she likes this guy named Josh Harris. On the way back from Paris, she is forced to sit by him in the back of the plane. Everything was going fine until the plane crashed. Elise and Josh were the only ones who survived. They end up getting together to better understand what really happened the day of the crash. That is as far as I have gotten. Bye. This is Cricket, also known as Jacob. Uh, I'm talking about the second chapter of American Sniper, where... He goes into SEAL training, which is known as BUDS. He talks about how hard it is, how long it is, all the stuff you have to do, what he does to become a SEAL. And that's it. See you next week.
and so far, Bella, she went to a party, or not really like a party, but she went to the beach, and a bunch of these, like, guys came, and they're supposed to be descended from werewolves and stuff, and this one guy, Jacob, told her a story about me. Started freaking out about Edward because that's what she thought he was. So she went home and she did a bunch of researching on him. And she thinks he's a vampire, so she thinks she's figured it out. She decides, well, at their school they're doing a dance and they're going dress shopping. Her and her friends are to Port Angeles. And they're going dress shopping, but really she just wants to go to a library to check out this book. So her friends are in the dress store and she's in the bookstore and when she leaves the bookstore to go find her friends at a restaurant, they said they were going to meet at to eat dinner, these guys started following her like stalkers. <laughs> and they started following her and they finally cornered her and then dun 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 Edward comes and saves the day. And they're in the car and they're driving home. Or not home, but they drive to the restaurant, and he's super mad at what the guys are thinking because he can hear their thoughts. Cause he's a vampire, and they're going to the restaurant, and she's asking him questions like, "How do you know where to find me?" and stuff like that. So now they're at the restaurant eating, and they're asking questions, and he's finally opening up and answering to him, her. So that's all I have right now. So until next time, toodles. Hi guys, Ava here, and I am here to fill you in on the book that I've been reading called Made For You by Melissa Marr. And uh, last time I left off, I was just getting into day three, The Vision, from Eva's perspective. And yeah, let's just get into it. Okay, so Eva is drifting in and out of consciousness. And whenever she wakes up, she thinks she's asking questions, but nobody's really answering them if she is asking questions. So when she wakes up, she sees her best friend Grace and her mom there. Grace's mom, not Eva's. Because Eva's parents are always traveling and they're never really with her so grace's mom is like eva's adopted mom basically so anyways they're there and well she drifts in and out of consciousness a couple more times but then finally she wakes back up for good and well everything really hurts like she just feels like well she can't feel every anything but she knows that something something's wrong she, her eyes feel really heavy but that's because she's on the anesthesia but um she sees all the cuts all the bruises she has a broken leg um she had to go to surgery she has a lot of broken stuff and it's not good but they were really worried about the doctors were really worried about her head and because she nailed her head and she's having a really hard time remembering things and her face is all cut up like you can hardly recognize her 
and yeah but uh, they had to put a plate in her leg also because her leg is like totally mauled by this car but yeah the big injuries were her leg and her head and they were really worried about her brain but they did surgery and it was fine so now this is day five the visit from judge's perspective and he this is the guy that ran over eva so he decides to dress up as delivery man and take flowers to eva's hospital room and yeah because he wants to see if she is really alive anymore but so he sneaks in and he gets the flowers delivered to her room and as he's walking by her room she he sees her and he's like okay this is her second chance but if she doesn't see like if she doesn't return his affection then he's going to have to kill her apparently so yeah and he also put in like the flowers that he gave her were supposed to be symbolic because he wants to get caught, but he wants to get caught by Eva. So yeah, but at the end, this is the last paragraph. It is, I crossed the parking lot to the car I had today and slipped on my gloves before I touched the handle. Like my uniform, it's not memorable. A dark blue four-door sedan. I'll park it beside the one that has Eva's blood on it. And that's when I'm done. So yeah, see you guys later. Bye. Hola, it's Estefania again, and today we're reading A Madness So Discreet, and I got to page 48. And so, at the beginning of the book, there's a girl named Grace, and she's a young, she's like 20, and she, when her family sent her to a mental facility, because she has like visions, kind of, and so she's about to have, or she's pregnant with her baby, and when she has her baby, it dies because of the brutality of the people at the facility. So she fights back and she gets thrown into the dungeon. And so now she's trying to figure out what to do with the rest of her life and if she can get out of the dungeon. And so that's all as far as I've made it. See you next week. Hola, it's your girl Elena here back with another update of my book Divergent. I'm on chapter 8 now, and a lot has happened since we um, updated you last time. So, last time, she was taking a test to find out what faction she was going to be in for the rest of her life. And her test was actually special. She is considered a divergent, which is really dangerous. And, like... Barely anybody has ever been divergent. So she could actually choose between three different factions. Um, Irritude, Abnegation, and Dauntless. And she knew she couldn't be Irritude because they have to, like, they have to be a certain way. And she was none, none of those, like, at all. She didn't even like them. She thought the Dauntless were really cool because um, they would, they're the brave ones and they jump off 
like and on trains like moving trains which is like crazy and then she could also choose abnegation which was the faction she was originally from um so she is going to the choosing ceremony and she actually so you have to like cut your thing like cut part of your hand so blood draws and then you drop like you make the blood drop into what faction you want to be in and so the first one she was gonna drop it actually dropped on the floor so and then she moved her hand over to dauntless really quick so she is now in the dauntless and that's the update i have for you guys and she's going into like the training and stuff for all that so i will see you guys next week bye Hi, I'm Ray. I'm going to be reviewing the book Hideout. And this kid named Sam was giving a fishing boat for his birthday. And he went exploring on this illegal swamp territory. And he found a kid. And then later on he said his dad and brother were going to get him. And I don't want to spoil the rest, so goodbye. In my book, Project 1065, it is a novel about World War II. In the first pages, they, it talks about how there was many Nazis sitting down a long table, talking and laughing and eating. They were talking about the Jews and how they <laughs> German arm and how they were wearing their uniforms. They were special SS members. <laughs> special SS members that protected Hitler and then once they were done eating they just came up with their battle plans to try to destroy the Jews. Yo 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 what's poppin is a person here um I'm gonna be talking about the Outsider by Stephen King, and I'm on page 75, and um, this guy named Terry, he's a t-ball coach, he killed this guy, and they're detectiving and stuff, and everybody knows who he is, and there are many witnesses, but he keeps claiming that he didn't do it, because that's what murderers do. Okay, bye. Hello, this is Alex, and today I will be telling you about the book called Among the Hidden. And it's about, basically, they live in this place where you're not allowed to have more than two kids. And there's this kid named Luke, who is the third kid. So he's not allowed to go outside, or else the government will take him and kill him. And he never goes to school, and his parents never tell him that he's not allowed, why he's not allowed to go anywhere. And anyway, he sees his neighbor, who is a cop, and he sees a girl outside. And he also saw two, everyone, four people leave that house in the morning. So, he went over there in the day while self is getting worked on and there are other people outside and goes to talk to her and actually breaks into the house and sets off an alarm and ends up hiding from this girl's dad, who is the cop, and actually is trying to 
get rid of that law. And anyways, a few more things, but I don't want to give it away. So go look at the book called Among the Hidden by Margaret Peterson. Bye. Yo, this is Drake. I'm here to talk to you again about the book Cracker. I'm on page 65, and so far she's in the kennels with the other dogs at the training place to go to Vietnam. And she doesn't really like the she doesn't really like the trainer she has very much. But then they spend a long time together and they do stuff, and now they're becoming like Lily was with her so they're being good friends together and so far that's all I've been reading see you later it's your boy Meatloaf reading Diary of Wimpy Kid Roger Rules today I read about Greg going to school and there's kids in his class making up their own language. Greg tries to copy it, and then his dad finds out what it is, and then he gets grounded. Hi, Miss Boffman. This is Allison S., and I'm reading Dreamland Burning, and it's by Jennifer Latham. And I am on page 8, and and I'm not very far, and I don't really know what's happening, but it, because it just keeps switching back from uh, someone in the past and someone in the future, this book's kind of confusing, and I don't think I'm going to finish it. Jonas at the ceremony of 12 was given a special role as the giver. The giver alone holds all the memories of pain and joy. Jonas was given special rules that he must follow. He cannot share about his memories and he must not tell anyone. The memories. It will be too much for them to handle if he accidentally shares them. But he shares a memory of an elephant with Gabe. It brings Gabe joy. Can I take a picture of that door in case you close it? 
What is good? It is your boy Salami coming at you hot in the second hour of English class. I am reading That Wimpy Kid, The Ugly Truth. Last week I told you about how Greg and Riley were not very good friends. Yeah, well, they're still not very good friends. I am. I read 20 pages since last week, and Riley's trying to get a new best friend. And Greg is still friendless also. And his grandpa moved into their house, and he smokes a lot. It's very unhealthy. Um, yeah, they're not very good friends. I'll t- let you know what happens next week when I read more. I'm out. What's up? It's your boy, Mash Taters. Back with another video. And we're still on the book, True Legend by Mike Lubica. I'm now on page 11. 
Drew just got on the court and he was making jump shots insanely. And he was talking about college, what kind of co what college he was going to, how old he was. He was only a junior in high school and he was ready just thinking about college. So, all right, see you next week. Mash Taters out. Yo, what up? Today we're talking about Orday. What's his face? Wartsburg or something like that. Give me a sec. Trying to panic, and I'm still, I'm still looking. Give me, give me a sec. Give me. No, we're not starting over. Okay, it's Orday Wingate. I was close. He led, he led Austra Australian forces in the jungles of Asia to fight the Japanese in guerrilla warfare. It worked astoundingly good. Blew up bridges, and he died in a plane crash. Sadly enough. Sometimes his men would only have a couple patches of ammo, his, their guns, and supplies. Hey, it's Nickel, and today I'm going to be talking about the book, The Perfect Man. It's written by... Actually, I don't know who it's written by. And it's about this teenager named Holly, and she is in high school i'm pretty sure and she is dealing with her parents divorcing and then like this was like a couple months ago that her parents divorced and now her mom is like wanting to date again so her and her sister are on a mission to find this perfect man for their mom and they find this man, but they don't know if he's exactly perfect for her because they want a person that will treat their mom better than their dad actually did. And I'm only on page 35, and it's her, the mom's name is Jean, and she was at work talking to her friend named Gloria. And I haven't gotten to read what exactly they were talking about. But thanks for listening. Bye. Hello, and welcome back to Taylor's Podcast. I have finally finished this season's. To make it to where you read the book, I am not going to tell you the ending. Now I have started a new book, which is called Dark Life. I have read a total of 208 out of the 297-page book. It is written by Cat Falls and is a science fiction. Now to the good stuff. Dark Life is based off an water, underwater settlement. But then there is the topsiders that live in the tight and crowded apartments above. The water settlement was meant to be an experiment due to the fact that land has become scarce. There's so much C4 that now the topsiders are ex joining the experiment. Ty, who's the main character, was born and raised on the under underwater settlement. Ty always likes to go beyond the boundaries, even when he gets into danger and trouble. One day, Ty comes across a topsider girl by the name of Gemma. Of course, Ty, being a teenager, begins to form feelings for her. 
As the story continues, they get into worlds of trouble and discover things they would never have even dreamed about the underwater settlements and the people that live there. In all seriousness, I believe the author was a great with the details of the world around Ty and Gemma. I also think before the book ends that the two characters will share a kiss. But who knows? If you have read the book and know, don't tell me. If you haven't read Dark Life, I definitely suggest you do. Until next time.